0: At a historic meeting, because the two, the two hosts of uh, America's Funniest Home Videos are here with me in the studio. This is like Doctor Who. This is like when he regenerates, (laughs) and you get that episode where they're back together: Tom Bergeron and Bob Saget.
1: Welcome to a special Halloween edition of DL.TV. I'm Patrick Norton. I'm Robert Heron. And we're dressed up as geeks today.
2: That
3: better
2: come
3: I feel very BBC all of a sudden, or maybe Doctor Who. (laughs)
0: Live
1: from the set of Terrence Dick's new self-help video, if you're not writing a script today, turn in your union card and get a new job, punk. It's Doctor Who. Podshot. Pod
3: Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of Doctor Who Podshock. This is for the week of November 13th, 2006. And it's Louis Trepani here, and I'm flying solo, flying the Podshock TARDIS solo for, at least for this introduction. (laughs) The reason being is that... um, Just our schedules between James and Ken and myself uh, couldn't just mesh up. Uh, We just usually have success in trying to uh, balance our schedules out so that we can get together at some point to record an episode, and uh, this uh, week's episode just didn't work out. So, uh, instead of bypassing or foregoing this week's episode and having a week without any Doctor Who pod shock, I figured, um, let me just take the controls of the TARDIS and fly it where it may go. And if it's just even an abbreviated Podshock, which most likely this will be, at least there's something out there this week to um, to tide you over for the until the next episode of Doctor Who Podshock when all three of us are recording together as one um, happy family, as we usually are. Anyway, so, um, moving along, we're gonna go right into news. Who is the weakest link? You heard me right. That's right. Doctor Who, at least the cast of Doctor Who, um, is set to be on a special episode of the weakest link. Part of a series of specials that the producers of the famous or infamous game show are planning. So this special edition show will include David Tennant, as well as the Doctor's news companion, Freema Ag- Agerman, or Agraman, uh, one of these, <laughs> one of these years I'm going to get her last name right. Who plays Martha Jones? This is the show. If you're not familiar with, if you've seen Bad Wolf of last year's um, 2005 series with Christopher Eccleston, in that episode you saw a Rose on this. Um, Futuristic game show, which was based on a uh, Contemporary game show called the weakest link and where uh, She was um being challenged with these questions presented to her by the Android and that Android is actually was voiced and is a representation of Anne Robinson the host of this show so once again, they'll be um, faced with challenging questions by Ann Robinson and, uh, The Sun Online is reporting that there'll be an assortment of goodies and baddies joining David Tennant and Freeman Agamemine. Agam- Agam- or a- or agamemnon Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a good thing I'm not on a game show. So, therefore, uh, something to look forward to. Uh, this is not the first time that The Weakest Link has done these, um special um shows these um like special episodes that are um that would feature a theme or, or um that they have done other ones that 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 have tv personalities and comics and footballers and recently they had soap stars and uh cast members from the eastenders and coronation street and and, and so forth so um when we get further details on this special episode of the weakest link um we'll let you know another hero? I think we do. According to Michael um, Osello of TV Guide, um, Doctor Number 9 Christopher Eccleston will be joining the cast of the American television series Heroes starting in January 2007. Now no word on exactly what character he will be playing. Uh, Though, Ocelo of TV Guy states that it will be a real super role and that you're going to flip. (laughs) So, read into that as you wish. And um, so, Heroes is shown on Monday nights in the U.S. on NBC. And then once again on Friday nights on the Sci-Fi Channel. So, um, I don't know if that's ever been done before where they have a network television show... um, presenting a, a new episode. Well, Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it, they, The Family Guy does this, too, where uh, The Family Guy's episodes are shown... Uh, well, I, it's not the same week, though. I think it's like a week delay or two weeks delayed where um, Fox will show the, an episode of The Family Guy, and then the, the, the cartoon channel will then show it again either the week later or later that week or, or something like that. Um, but anyway, uh, NBC shows it on Monday nights and then Friday nights it's on the sci-fi channel uh, along with the rest of the sci-fi channels line up on Friday nights which includes Doctor Who. So um, no word on whether this is a recurring character or you know uh, we'll find out and we'll give you more information as it becomes available. Have you been to our forums lately? If you haven't, make sure you check them out at org or Podshock.net. And if you have been in our forums, you may have noticed that in the forum, within the forum of General Doctor Who Chatter, there's a thread about the Sarah Jane Adventures. This is the new series starring Elizabeth Sladen. And as the name implies, it's a spin-off of the Sarah Jane Smith character. Uh, We've reported on this previously in the past. But um, in this thread we had um, um, from the BBC, Martin Barber. He posted his uh, a, a link to his review. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, he had posted a link to an interview that he conducted with Elizabeth Sladen. This was just days after finishing filming for her new show. Uh, she shared some thoughts on school reunion and her excitement about the forthcoming Sarah Jane Adventures uh, in this uh, exclusive web TV interview with BBC uh, Norfolk during the cult TV festival in Hemsby. So uh, um, check it out, out! Check it out! The, if you're listening to the enhanced podcast right now, there you can click the link in iTunes, and that will bring you to the interview. There's a um, audio/video link, or and you can also there's a uh, text interview that you can read on the website. Um, and I want to thank once again um martin for bringing this to our attention and posting it on our site and um and of course always thanks to elizabeth sladen for um offering her time and um once again um sharing it with with the fans of of doctor who and um and and her own fans too since she's going to have her own series so um lots of exciting news <laughs> i mean we got sarah jane smith we have K-9, we have torchwood and we have um soon we're just days away now of um the runaway bride which is um set to um appear on Christmas Day on the BBC that's um the next um the second doctor who Christmas special if you will so um it's, a, it's, it's an exciting time, and then after that, um, a few months in after that, hopefully, um, by March or April, we'll be um, in the 2007 series of Doctor Who, or, quote, Series 3, unquote. <laughs> well, I think that's, um, well, I was going to say that wraps it up for the Doctor Who news, but actually, I just do want to make a mention that um, hopefully this gets out, to the public in time but on the 21st which is Tuesday of November BBC America will start showing Doctor Who this is going to be the starting with Rose the Christopher Eccleston series uh, the 2005 series and that's going to be at 10 p.m. and um, the following Tuesday will be the end of the world and so forth so um, they have updated their website so there's a whole new Doctor Who section there and in addition, they've been, um, I have to say that they've really been promoting the series. There's, um, I would say, uh, at least three or four different promos that they've been rotating pre- pre- pretty heavily on their station right now. So um, they, they do have, um, they, they are promoting it and they are pushing it. And, uh, um, you know, I was kind of impressed that they went through the trouble of actually um, putting together different, you know, edits of the, you know, uh, promoting the, it's not just the same promo that it's actually um, at least three different ones, if not four, that I caught so far. And uh, so check your local listings if you get BBC America and that's starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. Time, on BBC America. I I do want to make a point that (laughs) that I'm recording this at 2.30 in the morning, so if I seem a little out of it (laughs) more so than usual, that's the reason why. I um, Maybe I should have pumped, my, pumped myself up with some more caffeine, but I did want to get this episode out there. So, I want to remind all our listeners that we're having a Doctor Who anniversary celebration virtual meetup. What do I mean by virtual meetup? Meaning, well, we have listeners all over the world, spanning the globe. So, it's kind of hard to do a meetup with everyone so geographically all over the place and without the aid of TARDIS or any other um, technology to bring us all together. Uh, The one way to do that, even though granted it's not the same thing as meeting up in reality, but um, one way of doing that is in a virtual sense uh, via the internet We're assuming, if you're listening to this podcast, that you have internet access. Uh, You may not have broadband, which, if that's the case, you won't be able to participate in this. But um, if you do have broadband, and um, you do have the appropriate hardware that's required to run the software Second Life, and if you go to secondlife.com, that will give you the minimum requirements of what is needed to run Second Life and you can sign up for an account and yes it is free though you do have an option of actually um, you know subscribing to it but it's not required and um, but if you do sign up and get an account you'll have to create an account and use a um, Second Life name once you do you'll be able to join us on November 23rd the Doctor Who anniversary date so um, we're gonna to try to have a presence there uh, throughout the day, though we still haven't worked out a schedule yet, so that's still pending exactly what time one of us will be there, or all of us will be there, and so forth, so. Um, but the location has been determined, and uh, I wanna thank, um, okay, this is his second life name, um, Bazar Bill Eccleston, for allowing us to hold the celebration at the land of Doctor Who. How appropriate. Uh, It's, once you go to Second Life, you can travel all over the world of Second Life. And there are different, various lands to go to. And one of them is the land of Doctor Who, which um, offers, um, there's a, um, I guess in a way, I guess it's like an a store that you can go to to buy some Doctor Who virtual items that you can use in Second Life, and there's usually some um, some free ones there as well. Uh, there's also our TARDIS to explore, which is pretty cool. You know, we're not advocating or promoting Second Life, it just happens to be a means to an end to somehow get us all together in a virtual sense, and um, and, and this is one way to facilitate that. I want to send out some well wishes to a friend of Doctor Who Pachock and a podcaster himself, Joe Barlow, who's um, just came back from a little stint at the hospital and uh, hopefully he's feeling better. And I'm sure, I know he is because he already pumped out another episode of Cinema Slave. so um, get well, Joe. Speaking of podcasts, um, if you had listened to episode fifty-eight of Shock, you heard a promo for Starship Sofa. Starship Sofa is a podcast, um, which, as the name implies, it's a um, it, it's a science fiction oriented podcast, which um, dwells into um, science fiction literature and media, and um, it's. It's an interesting podcast, similar to Doctor Who Podshock, where you have uh, some interesting banter between um, the hosts. Not that I'm saying that our banter is interesting, but um, we have spoken about them once before, but the reason why I'm bringing them up now, again, is because they just did a a series of two um, episodes featuring um, Douglas Adams, So, as um, many of you know, Douglas Adams, um, besides Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is probably most well known for, he was also uh, a writer and script editor for Doctor Who um, during um, um, a a segment within the Tom Baker years. Check it out at Starship Sofer, and um, I think the website is... um, Starshipsofa.com. Let's just check it out and You have it on our link section in the web resources of our website at Podshock.net or GallifreyNembassy.org and if you go there and click on other podcasts you'll see a link there for Starship Sofa. and yes that does indeed bring you to uh, StarshipSophar.com so please check it out and um you're going to want to listen to episode 17, which is part two of the Douglas Adams show, and which would stand to reason that episode 16 is part one of the Douglas Adams tribute show. We're going to um, take a break and come back with features. <laughs>
4: This is Eugene Washington, and you are listening to Doctor Who, Shock. Listen to what people are saying about the sci-fi sea Cruise. Dan called me up and said, uh, we're having a writer's workshop, as well as doing this cruise, as well as going to Mayan Ruins. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, all right, I'll come. As a writer, I want to get more tips, find out a little bit more about what can help me in my craft.
2: You're basically taking a vacation with the actor, even though it's not planned that way. It just happens. It was just a chance to meet
3: fans, meet people, be sure that I wasn't the only one on the entire planet that was watching it, essentially.
4: just to have fun and hang out with different people. I'm just glad to be in the nice weather. So I would love to do this every year. You'll have a great time, too, meeting your favorite celebrities on the Sci-Fi Sea Cruise. For full information, visit our website at members.aol.com slash sfcruise. That's members.aol.com slash sfcruise. The
5: Sci-Fi Sea Cruise.
3: Welcome back to Doctor Who Pod And joining me in this next segment is Ken Deep. Um, as promised last week and last uh, week's Pod Shock, we had mentioned that this week we're going to have uh, an interview with Dan Harris, who is the organizer of the Doctor Who Sea Cruise. And we originally intended to have him live on the show with us right now for an interview. And unfortunately, uh, he's at a convention right now uh, in uh, Hollywood. Florida and uh, he's unable to be on the show with us live as we intended so uh, we're gonna be doing a recorded interview with him that uh, actually if you remember from last week's podcast as well Joey Reynolds the sci-fi guy who's uh, previously from American Who and the Interstellar Overdrive radio shows will be conducting the interview for us and um, we welcome Joey's input and as a regular contributor to Doctor Who Pod Shock now so uh, he'll be uh, speaking with Dan during the week and recording an interview, and um, this is it right here. We're doing a little time-traveling because it's not really, you know, the interview hasn't happened yet, but we have it for you now. <laughs> here we go. Here's Dan Harris um, from um, the Doctor Who Sea
2: Cruise.
1: How did it all start for you, Dan Harris?
0: Oh, well, I goes back a long Remember, a little back these 20-odd years, uh, I used to work regularly on a uh, science fiction convention in uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area called Omnicon. We were pretty much the Doctor Who convention in the 80s for our area of the country and for, well, most of the country, actually. There weren't that many regular cons, but uh, every February in the days before there was a Gallifrey one, we used to uh, have... Uh, lots of Doctor Who guests over and we also had Star Trek people whoever else was uh, hot at the time and uh, I got introduced into Doctor Who uh, then by my friends Paul Cornfire and Kelvin Need, and uh cut my teeth on uh, learning the ins and outs of conventions with all of them. And uh, years later, uh, you know, when I wanted to start doing my own conventions, Doctor Who was my big uh, interest. And uh, I'd met enough people through doing Omnicon uh, that I was able to uh, pull the right strings to invite the right people to do my own shows in the the mid through uh, late 80s. And... uh, after that, I started getting the idea to do the Doctor Who Cruises when uh, my late mom, who had been a travel agent uh, in the later years of her life after she retired, kind of uh, used to look over my shoulder while I was working on some of the convention business with the other guys, working on some of the hotel stuff. And uh, she used to make comments about uh, how the hotel would drive us crazy and everything, how much easier it would be if we did it on a cruise ship. And used to take it as a joke every now and then, but I started to take it seriously. And uh, around about 19, uh, Eighty-six or so, I started looking at the possibility of seriously doing uh, a convention or a fan event on a cruise, and uh, after a couple of false starts and a lot of learning experiences, that uh, eventually became uh, the Doctor Who uh, for anniversary cruise in uh, 1988.
1: Now, how did this all come together then? Uh, because I know that uh, the two landlocked conventions you did, uh, obviously um, they were precursors to this event, but uh, but obviously, those two landlocked conventions—the one in Buffalo, I think, in the uh, 1980, uh, was it uh, 84, and the other in Tampa, 1985—those those were those more or less pretty decent um, practice runs for what and what not to do. And obviously, the, those greatly influenced your, your wanting to not do a landlocked event, but but to do a cruise. And at the same time, it, it kind of it uh, kind of accentuates what what you uh, had said in your motto on on your advertisements. You get to meet the con. You get to know them on a cruise. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I've been going to conventions uh,
0: even longer than I've been running them, obviously. And uh, one of the things I enjoyed is when I you know, when I was uh, just a fan going to conventions, it was fun on one level. And then when I uh, became involved in behind the scenes, uh, working on the crew to run conventions, it kind of came to another level and uh, got to do a lot more personal things with the uh, guests of honor that we all uh, love to see at the shows. And I thought, well, you know, uh, would it be great if we could do something where we'd really be Able to get to spend some time together and uh, do things on a more intimate basis. And that's another reason uh, why the uh, cruises came about. I um, love the idea of being able to do something for uh, more than just a quick weekend and to do it in a smaller group. And with the cruises, we're able to do that. We're out for uh, some of the cruises are shorter, but we tend to go for uh, usually at least a week. And uh, you have more time to get to know these people. And because we do small groups, we usually have, uh, well, I've advertised for years that the group limited to 100. If we ever actually had 101 of the Doctor Who cruises, I think I'd a heart attack, mm-hmm. shock. We usually have 25 to 35 people in the group. And when you have any group that small that spends that much time together, uh, you can't help but become, uh, you know, close friends
1: i know that there's a number of individuals who have been a part of this uh this tremendous history it's, it's coming up now on 20 years it seems uh since the first cruise in 1988 i i believe that the uh that the two individuals i think that that more or less should should be on the list for for all time most attended or at least most attended as they could have well schedules permitting were nicholas courtney and sylvester mccoy uh
0: pretty much yeah yeah i say what to say the, uh, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be 18 years this year since the first one we did it in 88 uh, and right there on that very first cruise were Sylvester McCoy and Nick Courtney and uh, the other two members of that cruise were uh, dear 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 friends of uh, both Jacinta and, and, and me as well uh, John Nathan Turner and Gary Downey who uh, sadly both passed away in uh, recent years I also uh, could not have done it without them they helped me make the initial contact with Sylvester and uh Frankly, they had so much fun on that 25th anniversary cruise, which was supposed to be a one-of-a-kind event, that uh, come five years later, it was John and Gary, God bless their souls, that uh, convinced me to do another one for the 30th anniversary, and after that, it became, you know, a regular uh, event every uh, you know, every year or two, whenever I could uh, pull things together.
1: John seemed to be very subtle, of course, when it came to wanting to do something in Florida, right? <laughs> true. True. <laughs> I, I know that uh, his involvement with the Omnicon conventions, uh I, I from what I gathered, uh, the the uh, the just uh, was at the Doctor Who production office that if you wanted to uh, go on the cruise, uh, no, on the cruise, if you wanted to be at in, in, in an Omnicon, at least uh, in, in in the early part of the year in the middle of winter in florida obviously if, if you're a part of the production office of dr who you have to be in john's good graces if uh if, if he favored you coming down with him and i know he brought a number of individuals for that but 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 going back here at least uh, for the cruise itself that first cruise let's talk about that first cruise because that seemed something really uh, interesting especially where one individual i'm not saying it's to the track but I mean, good grief! Sylvester McCoy mentioned this in the TV Guide interview back in 1996 when the, when the Doctor <laughs> movie came out. Yes,
0: well, I know where this is going. That was that was a very exaggerated story, mm. but uh, it was just, it was just a uh, situation where someone was just having so much fun they didn't want it all to end, and uh, it was you know, like I say, that was not. I wouldn't exactly uh, take Sylvester word for word there. It was just a little, a little, a little bit unusual. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well. <laughs> Well, rest assured. You want to find out about that. You'll have to get in touch with Dan and talk more about that. But, um, but I know that uh, this is um, this is a great time coming up here. Obviously, the, the cruise that, that is to come in December. I I trust it's. um, It's probably better if you go. If if anybody's interested, going ahead and getting ready for the next one coming up in 2007. But let's talk about this 2006 cruise. Many ports of call, many familiar ports of call, and uh, and obviously it looks like uh, no matter what happened, uh, no matter what Hurricane Wilma did back about a year ago. Cozumel is ready. I mean, uh, they, uh, suffice to say that even if they just have a tiki hut that says, uh, you know, albieto and, and serving drinks, they're, they're ready after this storm and they're ready to take on uh, anybody uh, uh, for cruise traffic. And, and that's when he reports a call for, for this uh, cruise in 2006.
0: Oh yeah, they're definitely ready. I've done my research, and uh, the cruise lines have been calling back at Cozumel for many, many months now. They were they were out of it for a few months while they were rebuilding things, but uh, they're uh, you know they're they're in, they're in good shape again now. And they were the only place we're going this time around that had a, uh, a big, you know a big hit by the storm. Basically, uh, yeah, they got they got Hurricane Wilma a few days before uh, we got it in Florida, and they. Got it. A little different than we did. It sat on them for 24 hours and didn't move, and it blew down almost everything standing. But uh, they've been very really good about that. It's, uh, it's 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 in good shape now, and uh, I'm actually very excited about this year's cruise. Um, I'm not sure when folks are going to hear this, but uh, we are going out the uh, the week, uh, actually the week and a half of the uh, the 8th to the 18th of December. We're going to do a little pre-Christmas uh, uh, trip this time, and we're hitting uh, five islands in 10 days, so we have uh, five really nice places to see, and uh, I actually enjoy the days on the ship when you're not in the island, because you can do the more leisurely things, and give uh, gives us a chance to work on our video workshop projects, which uh, we'll talk about a
1: little later, I'm sure. Yeah, um, um, I, uh, I do want to talk about at least uh, some of these uh, stops, uh, ports of call here. Cozumel is your first one leaving Tampa, uh, then after Cozumel, you're going to end up in a Roatan, which I believe, looking at the map here, is in Central America, uh, where Honduras is. Am I right
4: about that? Yeah, we're actually uh, we're actually hitting. Uh, I don't recall the exact order of ports,
0: but we are going to uh, Grand Cayman Island, which I love because it's a former British colony and it just has such you know such an English feel to it there. And uh, we go, as you say, to Roatán and Honduras, which is actually an island off the coast uh, of the country. And uh, what we do is when we go to each of these ports, we pick a uh, uh, I pick a shore excursion that uh, the actors go on, and the fans, if they choose to, can come along and. Uh, make a group outing of it, and there's kind of a kind of a nature theme running through this uh, this year's cruise. We uh, we get to do a uh, a tour in Grand Cayman where we uh, go to uh, the giant sea turtle uh, farm and get to see uh, how they uh, they hatch and grow these gigantic uh, turtles, which are endangered, uh, terribly endangered. They release uh, quite a few of them to the wild to try and uh, repopulate the species. And uh, the other thing uh, on that same tour is you know cue the jaws music here now, the uh, Swim with the Stingrays tour, and I have to say that uh, after the news of what happened with Steve Irwin a while back people are getting a little scared of that, but uh, the ones we're going to see are a lot more tame. They've been fed by tourists for 40 years in the same spot, and they uh, they look at us as, uh, you know, as uh, feeding them and being their friends, uh, whereas uh, out in the wild, it's a different situation. And uh, continuing the nature theme, when we get to uh, Roatan, uh, we have a, an opportunity for a uh, dolphin encounter swim. We actually went there a few years ago and did that, uh, did that tour once before on a different cruise. I'm looking. Forward to uh, doing that again. Uh, I'd like to call it a once in a lifetime experience, but uh, if you can do it twice or three times, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, Cozumel, uh, which, which is uh, off the coast of uh, Mexico, and uh, there's lots of good things to do there uh, snorkeling and diving and things like that. But we're probably going to go see the Mayan ruins, which uh, is uh, another one of those so called once in a lifetime things. But if you are lucky enough to take a vacation down there more than once, uh, it's, it's something you want to see again. Uh, we're also going to be uh, going to Puerto uh, Ramón um, in Costa Rica, where we uh, are scheduled to do a uh, tour of the uh, tropical rainforest. That's something I've never seen before. Mm. And uh, we go at the far end of the trip. Our uh, southernmost point is going to be at Cologne in Panama mm. where we can take a uh, tour of the Panama Canal uh, which is uh, truly uh, you know, one of the wonders of the world. Mm. And uh, I can't believe they're actually planning to make it bigger in the future. Just heard that. Uh, the government just voted to uh, enlarge the project and everything. So maybe this is the time to go see it before they start being filled
1: construction trailers and things like that you know exactly exactly <laughs> now obviously uh, all this is is amongst a very beautiful backdrop of central uh, central and south america um in, in particular because you're, you're once again you're doing another video workshop which has been very successful in the past in fact in fact for those of you who, who have had the chance to see some of his uh, video presentations uh, at, at conventions uh, across the country, Chicago, TARDIS, uh, Gallifrey One—you've uh, uh, th- those things are all Dan's productions, and, and obviously they're all amateur productions. There's no professionals involved except for the actors and maybe some folks who've been on board the crews who've been in advisory positions. Dan can explain that shortly, but but all these have have been great pieces. And, and in fact, if anything, it's one of the things I regret about not being on board this boat, uh, primarily because of just getting a hands-on involvement in producing obviously not exactly Doctor Who proper, but something peripheral and something that is very much part of the universe that is Doctor Who.
0: Um, I've, I've really enjoyed the uh, the creative workshops we've had over the years for a number of reasons uh, a little background on that uh, you know we did uh, quite a few cruises uh, through the years just doing the usual things that we do on every cruise doing the touristy things doing the, uh, the sort of activities that mix the, uh, the actors and the fans together having dinner every night seeing the shore tours uh, and all the things you might expect to see on any cruise almost like you know as if you were on the love boat uh, if anyone remembers that uh, little program in any case. Um we got an idea a few years back that we wanted to maybe do something special. We, did, we had a cruise where we were involving for the first time some of the uh, people from uh, the Big Finish uh, Audio Adventures and some of the other authors uh, that have uh, helped keep the interest Doctor Who alive after the show went off of its original BBC run. And uh, we got, got to the idea, uh, myself and one of the other authors uh, and uh, one of the other fans, we got to the idea of maybe throwing together some kind of a writer's workshop. And as it turned out, we, uh, we had three authors on that, on that particular cruise, and we had three actors on the cruise, and we set up a workshop where uh, each of the authors advised one group, split the fans into three groups, and uh, they each had an author advising them and an actor whose character they were writing for. And uh, the actors also got to give some advice on how their character uh, should be played, in their opinion. And we came out with three complete short stories at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the cruise. That was our little uh, four, you know, four-day cruise and uh, we did that for a couple of years, 2001 and 2002, I believe. And uh, those were, as uh, I say, the shorter cruises. Uh, at the idea then that we would expand things a little bit on uh, the next time that we did a, a full week's cruise, which was in uh, December of 2003, and we expanded it from a short story write- writing workshop to uh, a fan video workshop. And what we did was, because we had the extra time available, um, we spent the first couple of days in uh, the workshops doing uh story brainstorming, uh script writing, etc. And we would come we come up with a script outline and eventually a full script. And at the same time there would be fans who wanted to act who would be volunteered for various parts. We would write knowing that we need parts for this many people and the actors all volunteered to play their original roles from the show. And then at by the, la- by, the, by the last, uh, you know, two or three days of the cruise, we had everything set. The parts were done. People had seen scripts. They'd had a chance to run their lines, and we actually went out and shot the scenes. Everything was set in a story that would take place both on the ship and in the ports we visited, and uh, in the course of that seven days, we actually did, uh, you know, the complete uh, development and shooting of a short Doctor Who video, which was then edited uh, after the fact, and everybody received uh, a DVD of it a few months later in the mail. And uh, we've done that a couple of times Now this is going to be our fourth video workshop uh, Coming up this year
1: Tell me about who you have uh, on board this, uh, this year Because I know getting the guest list together this year Was much more of a challenge Than it has been in the past
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's been an interesting year because um, it's actually a fairly small group this year for uh, a number of reasons. Uh, One of them is the fact that we are going on a longer than usual cruise this year. We usually go uh, seven days or less. This year we're going for 10 days. And uh, that's actually uh, worked against us because uh, not as many fans can get that many days off. And also among the acting community, uh, it's the longer the trip is, the harder it is to get these guys away from England for uh, a gig because they're obviously running the risk of missing work Uh, and they can't, you know, they can't do this when they have a job commitment. And of course, in my... uh a wonderful wisdom uh, for the third or fourth time over the course of uh, eighteen years. I scheduled one during the uh, uh, the December, uh, November, end of November through middle of December period, which is smack in the middle of what the Brits call the uh, the pantomime patho- season, the theatre family theatre season, and it's amazing. I have talked to. 25 of the Doctor Who actors this year uh, who wanted to go, but uh, the show has gotten so popular over there they're all getting work, which is wonderful. I am thrilled. I just wish they weren't working in December. But uh, anyway, Nick Courtney, uh, God bless him, he stepped in for us uh, when Sylvester McCoy originally dropped out, and uh, has been with us ever since. Uh, Nick uh, doesn't do panto anymore, so that's a good thing for me. And uh, uh, we recently we had uh, we had uh, Deb Watling with us for a while, and uh, she got a job offer recently. And uh, I'm happy to say that we've got uh, Stuart Bevan, who has very, very rarely done any uh, convention appearances in the U.S. I think. I think think he may have done one Chicago convention in that it. And uh, for those of you who uh, stretch the memories back to the John Pertwee era, he played uh, Dr. Uh, Cliff Jones in the episode The Green Death. And his character had the wonderful fate of going off to marry uh, Katie Manning's character, Joe Grant. And that's uh, something you know, I would love to do if, uh, if, if I were living in that timeline. I've always had a little spot in my heart for Joe. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and I, i'd love to see one day katie manning join on board i i realize now that as we look forward into 2007 it, it seems a a veritable possibility especially with the with the fact that it's no longer going to be uh this cruise uh, coming up in 07 it's not being scheduled for a panto season it's being scheduled for the summer so there's a greater possibility now for this first time ever euro doctor who cruise uh, that you're going to have at least a complete, uh, complete assortment of individuals, hopefully from both old and new series.
0: Absolutely. I have been wanting to do a uh, cruise out of England for a long, long time. The problem is um, I'm stuck with the schedules that the cruise lines come up with as far as where their ships are positioned and how they run and what they cost. And uh, traditionally, anyone who, who's uh, knowledgeable in the travel industry can back me up on this, European cruises are traditionally at least twice as expensive as most American cruises are. It's more expensive to operate from that area. and addition, they tend to run longer, they tend to run anywhere from 10- to 18-day cruises instead of the 7-day cruise I try to find. And uh, until very recently, it was almost impossible, I was not able to find any cruise line running a 7-day cruise out of England, other than the ultra-super-luxury lines that were way over the cost that uh, any of the fans could afford. Uh, I've been lucky this year that uh, people at Princess Cruises are experimenting that uh, last couple we do Uh, the story arc of Infinity. And uh, we don't actually have confirmed guests yet, and I have no idea who they're going to be. Uh, I have some, some, some invitations going out, but uh, uh, I certainly will ask Peter if he wants to go. He's wanted to do another cruise for several years. It's just a matter of whether these guys are busy or whether they're working or not, but uh, possibility I, I may ask him, and you never know what he might say. Hmm. Um, there's another Doctor Who connection also. We don't actually dock there, but uh, if you kind of lean over the side of the ship and use uh, a spyglass in your imagination, you can kind of imagine that we might be sailing by Bad Wolf Bay as we round uh, the coast of Norway, mm. for those of you who catch that reference. But... Uh, it's uh, definitely going to be interesting, and I'm I'm looking forward, like I say, to being able to uh, make a local event for the British fans. We've we've had a number of Brits who have flown over to uh, pick up the cruises that we've done out of uh, the States or Canada over the years. And uh, I actually have spoken with a few of the uh, American fans who have done my cruise in the past who are planning to fly over to the British one. And uh, I'm looking
1: forward, though, to bringing it back, as it were, to uh, the mother country for the first time. mm and we're looking forward to seeing that happen. Um, obviously, uh, uh, anybody—if uh, anybody out there wants more information—they can visit the website. It's wwwscifi That's www.scifi-cruise.com. When you go on. Uh, you'll you'll end up uh, hearing a nice little thirty second commercial put together by Dan uh, in, in support of the cruise and and basically uh, just a just really just a small tenth of a small percentage of what you'll find. Uh, again, you have to experience it to say the least. And I'm not going to go ahead and say I've been on board this, but uh, but I, I want to. <laughs> uh, and I will say this though: the, the 2007 cruise is very very interesting for me because maybe it's just me, but I've been in the subtropics for 20 years. I want to go to colder climes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I like I'd like to actually uh, go on slight tangent here and just mention something that I'm very—I'm uh, very impressed with. Uh, my good friends uh, over at the uh, Tenth Planet uh, Shop in uh, the UK—they uh, have been so great in helping out, and things. They—they really do keep the fans, uh, you know, at the top of their uh, at the top of their list as uh, the important to do things for when uh, I mentioned to them that I had the UK cruise coming up and I told them the dates I had that I was locked into with the uh, the cruise line Uh, there actually was going to be a conflict with one of the conventions that they worked with that was going off on the same weekend and uh, I am thrilled to see that they uh, you know they did say they were going to look into the possibility of trying to uh, rearrange some things to avoid a conflict and I see that they actually have rescheduled the Bad Wolf Convention now which had been uh on the week before us and it's now scheduled uh, the week we get back which makes a big difference because our ship leaves leaves and returns on Saturday Mm. so if it had been the other way around it would have been impossible to do both shows but now because they've moved it uh, a week later it's possible to do our cruise for uh, a full week get off the boat uh, breakfast time on Saturday morning hop on the train uh, right there in Southampton get off at Birmingham about 90 minutes later and do their convention as well and uh for any of the Americans that are flying over uh for the cruise I heartily recommend please do that because they are wonderful people they put on a great convention uh, they do uh, this is going to be the Bad Wolf convention they also do dimensions uh they do a couple of other shows they do signs in their shops you can't say enough good things about them and uh like I can say that's my plan I'm going to uh, spend my week on the uh the ship spend out a couple of days uh at the uh, convention of Birmingham and uh and my little
1: tourist stuff go Very well, then. And uh, we expect that uh, other folks will probably join you as well. I know you have many things to do in preparation for this cruise coming up uh, very shortly for 06, and I know you have many things to take care of for 07, so Dan Harris will uh, let you on to them. And in the meantime, check out the website once again for the Sci-Fi Cruise. It's www.scificruise.com. That's www.scificruise.com. Dan Harris, you get to meet them at a con. You get to know him on a cruise. It's uh, it's an honor to have you once again uh, talking with you about these things, Daniel. Absolutely. Pleasure to be on the show.
0: Cruise, you are making me sing. Now you have
5: taken me under your wings. Cruise, we both know you're
6: the best. Wow, that's great.
3: <laughs> it's something interesting yes uh hopefully uh one of these days ken and i and maybe james as well and anyone else would like to join us we'll go on a sea cruise next next year they're doing uh well as 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 you probably heard (laughs) they're doing a, a a cruise um that that will be going um actually right where james is um hitting the netherlands i believe or amsterdam so um Maybe James will. Well, actually, I don't know if James will be there by that time or not. But, um. Anyway, that's a story for another podcast.
0: <laughs>
3: okay, now we're. I'm back to solo mode. <laughs> Driving the TARDIS solo mode. Uh, Ken is no longer with me at this point in this game. So. Um, but um, I just do want to say that I was going through some of our files and emails and voicemails and you know, there's lots of stuff that gets lost in the cracks, <laughs> I'm sorry to say. Uh, we're definitely not perfect and we definitely, you know, we d- we do get a lot of incoming uh, people submit stuff and contribute stuff and we try to get as much of it on the show as we can, but. Uh, Many times, um, for whatever reasons, we'll we'll have to put something off for the the next episode and then we can't fit into there and we figure we're going to have it the next one after that and other things come down the pipe. And before you know it, certain segments never get on the show that we had all intentions of putting on the show. So um, I I, I do apologize for those um, instances where... um, people have made contributions to Dr. Who track and uh, they never get on the show for, for you know, for, for these like silly type of reasons. So uh, um, anyway, so this is this episode is a good opportunity for me to kind of um, blow off the dust on some of this stuff and, and, and get it out there and, and not let it um, wither away, you know, in between the sofa cushions of of the couch or something like that. So um, and and I I do apologize um, uh, to, uh, once again for for the tardiness not tardiness but the tardiness of some of this stuff. So, um, but um, you know time is our relative if you're a time lord, and um and and some of this stuff doesn't age. And so first up we have a series, and this is done by I believe it was done by the the, the bachelor known at in our forms it's the guide to the doctor who well i'm sorry it's the guide to the who averse <laughs> you know the hitchhiker's guide to the who averse and um he's done a, a series of episodes and uh, um, we're gonna play catch up here and and play um, at least a couple of them right now so um sit back and enjoy the, the And they're they're not very long, so. um, But I'm gonna play them back to back here.
5: The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Hooverse. Editor in Chief, Esco, aka The Bachelor. Entry number 072006.01. Subject The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Hooverse. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a wholly remarkable book. Perhaps the most remarkable, certainly the most successful book to ever come out of the great publishing corporations of Ursa Minor. It's already supplanted the Encyclopedia Galactica as the standard repository of all knowledge and wisdom. This is not that book. Rather, what you have now accessed is the hardly comparable, shamefully inadequate and grossly inaccurate Hitchhiker's Guide to the who In this piropodical, we shall attempt to make a rather minuscule dent into the voluminous history and expansive world of Doctor Who. Stay tuned to this podcast feed for further excerpts and excursions into this great, witty, self-praising, horribly less than concise volume. Disclaimer. Please send all and complaints to our Desperately Understaffed editor at guide to the whoverse at gmail.com or on myspace at myspace.com slash guide to the whoverse. Oh, and one last thing. The accent? It's totally fake. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Hoovers. Editor in Chief, Esco. On the Podchalk forums, known as The Bachelor. Entry number 072706.02. Subject Chameleon Circuit. To find one, one need look no further than a Silurian dress up dance party. It is quite common to find the reptilian folk donning various costumes while participating in gargantuan conga lines, hence the phenomenon. Oh, But perhaps you were wondering about the Chameleon Circuit, which is one of the basic features found on any properly functioning TARDIS. Well, except that the Doctor's isn't. When working correctly, the Chameleon Circuit should automatically transform the exterior of a TARDIS to help camouflage and blend it into its surroundings, such as a stone column in ancient Rome, or a wart on the back of a mighty Gondar, or how about a nice blue police public call box circa 1960s London? And why doesn't the Doctor have it fixed? Well, the fourth Doctor tried that once while in Legopolis. And what did he get for his trouble? Instead of a new exterior for his TARDIS, he got an entirely new exterior for his face and entire body. And we got the fifth Doctor. Now that brings us to the subject of regeneration. But this is not that entry. But please, excuse us now. We must get back to our dance party. Those sea devils should be arriving at any moment. This has been the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Hoovers. Please leave your runs and comments at myspace.com slash guide to the Hoovers or send them to us at guide to the Hoovers at gmail.com. And until next time, don't panic. The opinions and references found here in this commentary in no way adhere to the laws and physics of the real universe, nor do they reflect the opinions and views of the proprietors of this podcast. But please, thank them anyway.
3: Russell Hale, our Canadian correspondent, had um, sent in a review way back when of Tooth & Chlor. Yes, as I said, some of these stuff um, has gathered some dust, but you know what? The DVD box set of the 2006 series is um, on its way, or um, maybe by the time you listen to it, it's in your hands if you're in the UK. And um, it will be um, in January, it will be in North America. So, um, you know, reviews for the two, you know, and and plus some... you know, people are still catching up on, um, on on Doctor Who, you know, be it on the Sci-Fi Channel and now BBC America. So these reviews are, are, are don't go to waste. So uh, this is Russell Hale talking about Tooth and Claw.
4: Hi, Ken, Lewis, and James. It's Russell here, your Canadian correspondent, and I'm going to give you my review of Series 2, Episode 2, Tooth and Claw. And my... What a great episode of Doctor Who that was. As I've stated in the forums, I love spooky Doctor Who. And this move, this episode did not disappoint in that. And This kind of episode of Doctor Who, I've always liked. It goes back to me to the, the Brain of Morbius, State of Decay, or Pyramids of Mars, where you have an alien presence masquerading as something supernatural. I think when Doctor Who does that, when they do spooky, they do it really well. Great performances all around. Another great episode uh, by David Tennant. Great performances by uh, Pauline Cole, I believe, is the actress who plays Queen Victoria. She she can really run, and and I really was impressed by that. And the teeth work she has is just amazing. Hopefully, you get a chance to really you you'll notice it. Uh, very pa- fast paced episode. Really well written uh I, the, the actor played sir robert was great as well and i, I noticed something too and i don't know if you guys have, will discuss this the chase music when a werewolf was chasing them was much darker than the typical uh doctor who chase music we heard in series one the da, 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 da. it was much darker and, and more menacing and really fit with the werewolf chasing them and i thought Maybe this is the dark music that they were talking about, which was going to be introduced in series two. It wouldn't be in the title sequence. It would be actually in the chasing. And I think it fits really well, and I'd be curious to see if that gets incorporated through the rest of the series, or it's just for that one episode. Either way, thoroughly enjoyable. I liked it even better than New Earth, because it's kind of storylines I love in Doctor Who. I'm going to give this a 45 out of five target Grounds. i'm not going to give it a five yet because there's still lots to see but i did like it slightly better than new earth so that's my take on tooth and claw and back to you ken lewis and james well thank you russell we're
3: gonna uh move into our feedback segment and uh we're gonna just jump right into it
0: Whee!
3: <laughs> okay Uh, For those keeping track, it's um, now a quarter to three in the morning as I record this. (laughs) Way, 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 way back when, I'm talking about like almost a year already, um, uh, uh, War and Peace, as he's known in our forums, has sent in a review of the Series 1 DVD box set. This was the this was the Region 2 review. Um, even though I, I believe Warren Peace is um, Canadian, and he's somehow got his hands on a Series 2 box set, uh, a Series 1 Region 2 box set, even before the North American, even before the Canadian release on February 14th, and then uh, it was followed back um, the rest of North America, namely United States, of America, got it. Um, in the beginning of July, so um, but anyway, uh, the review is um, that I do have to apologize for the audio quality, but um, but the, the review is still pertinent because um, you know it's the holiday season and, st- and people still may be buying um, or considering purchasing the uh, these DVD box sets, and especially now that uh, the Christopher Eccleston series is now debuting on BBC America, maybe there's a whole another chunk of uh, viewers that are going to be interested in it now.
6: Hey there, this is Warren Peace, named change, protect, the guilty, reporting in from the good old US of Canada. Yes, I am one of the six Canadians listening to Podshock. You guys requested a Canadian POV, and coincidentally, I am Canadian. So here goes. I'll be giving a North American review of the Region 2 Series 27 Doctor Who box set, wrongly known as Doctor Who, the complete first series. Why Region 2, you ask? Well, I just couldn't wait till February for the Region 1 version, and luckily I bought a cheap Walmart DVD player and hacked it region free. And no, I will not tell you how to do this, even if you email me at wp666 at yahoo.com and ask me real nicely. Anyway, back to the review. Incorrect name aside, this DVD box set is very nice indeed. Needless to say, having all the new series in a crisp DVD format is great. But also, I get this wonderful TARDIS box to hold them in. It seems the Region 1 version will be in an ordinary, flattish box, which would just not do for me. Lewis pointed out on the forums that it will be easier to store and take up less room, but it will not look as sharp as the Region 2 version. The special features on the box set are nice, with many featurettes and documentaries. Sure, the confidentials are cut down, but you can't have it all, I guess. I already have all the full versions burned anyways. Um, did I say that? Just think it. Anyway, moving on. Why may I ask did they add the Christmas Invasion Confidential on this set? I realized they wanted to get people excited about the show, but why not just have a trailer instead? You know that when they release the Christmas Invasion DVD, it'll also have this, so it seems redundant here. I also found that a commentary track featuring Christopher Eccleston was also sorely missing from this set. Nothing irks me more than a Doctor Who commentary without Doctor Who. These small nitpicks though, do not take anything away from the set, which is a must for any Doctor Who fan, in either the cool Region 2 version or the forthcoming South speech dieted Region 1 version. Buy it, love it, and it'll love you. Add the obligatory 4.5 TARDIS drones out of 5, and there you have it. My review of Doctor Who Series 27, or I mean, first series box set. This is Warren Peace from Ice Station Canada signing off
3: Thank you so much, Warren. Uh, Warren just keeps up keep those submissions coming. I, I do apologize that that this one this particular one um, got kind of lost in between the the seat cushions and the, you know and but it's it's still good. <laughs> Now, speaking of being lost in the seat questions, this goes way back to April of this year. And Patrick from North Carolina sent in this piece of feedback. And um, once again, um, (laughs) it it just never made it back, never made it on the show at that time for whatever reason, time constraints, most likely. Hello. This is.
2: uh Patrick Rayford from Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, home of the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, hockey hockey team, and I just wanted to say that uh, I've enjoyed listening to uh, the last two pod shots, uh, 30 and 31. I uh, this my first time here, and uh, I saw this on the uh, rocketbeam.com, uh, I have been a Dr. Heath fan for for a long time, since it was on PBS, and um, I'm glad it's back on the Sci-Fi Channel. Though I do agree that it's kind of a shame you have to have all those commercials in there. But then that's what I have a TiVo for, so I can get past uh, those commercials. Anyway, um, I just wanted to comment that uh, you're you're doing a good job on the show, and uh, just keep it up. And I'll. I'll I'll call back some more. See ya.
3: Okay, I think that's going to do it for this week of Doctor Who Paw Chalk. And I do realize this is a um, a shorter episode than what you're used to, and I do apologize for that. I just, like I said, you know, it's otherwise we would just have a week without Paw Chalk and... You know, that's sort of like, um you know, a week without the sun. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Ah.
3: <laughs> All right. I want to wish everyone a happy Turkey Day for those that are celebrating it. And I want to wish everyone um, a happy and healthy Doctor Who anniversary, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have to be celebrating. So... Um, maybe fire up the unearthly child you know if you have if you have the dvd of that the um it just was released this past year on uh in a dvd box set uh, william hartner no, um what was it the early years or the beginning i think the beginning box set it was called so um it's a good opportunity to maybe re- revisit that episode or doesn't matter any doctor Who episode any doctor who story um is mandatory watching on november twenty third so be sure to do that for yourself and enjoy and hopefully um there'll be since um for some people celebrating the holiday of thanksgiving in the u s um maybe you'll have company over and maybe it it will serve as an introduction to doctor who for for those um people and um also reminded to join us in our virtual reality meetup at secondlife.com. Uh, you'll be able to get the client software. It runs both on um, their versions uh, for the Windows platform and the Mac platform. I'm not sure if there's a Linux version, perhaps, um, but I know there's definitely, a, you know, Windows and, and Mac version clients of uh, Second Life. And um, we'll be meeting up at some point or another during the day of the 23rd of November in um, the land of Doctor Who. And it's it's a virtual world. So <laughs> you don't, I mean, you can bring desserts if you like, <laughs> but I, I don't know how we can facilitate uh, distributing that in a virtual sense, you know, or at least really enjoying it in a virtual sense. Anyway, my friends, I bid you adieu. Take care. Until next week. May your tortoise never steer you wrong. <laughs> and yes, it's almost 3 in the morning. Take care. Good night. been listening to Dr. Who, Podshock, by the fan run embassy.org Dr. Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Dr. Who, Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. I've come a long way for you, naturally. Don't expect any thanks.